west side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It's May 6th. That's right. It's hard to believe it's already May uh, 6th, 2022. And uh, so thankful that uh, you are listening today, whether you're up in Virginia on the Lighthouse in Meridian, Mississippi on WMER, or listening here locally on 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 and St. Augustine, 91.3 in Folkestone. Hey, if you get out of your cars, you can go to SWATradio.com. That's S-W-A-T radio.com. Click on the Listen Live link, and you can listen. Or if you miss any of the program because you got to go pick up your kids, got to go shopping or whatever, you can come back anytime tonight and listen on SWATradio.com. This should be posted later on. I'm real excited. Usually our guests are Thursday, but yesterday we did a replay of Ted Cunningham. Just a quick reminder, Ted is in town at Fruit Cove Baptist tonight from 7 to 9, doing a date night, and uh, would love for you to join there. You can go to Fruit Cove Baptist, uh, their their website, and there'll be more information about that. But we played him yesterday. Today, live in the studio, we have Dr. Brian Croft, who is an author. He's written a lot of books about shepherding. That's his uh, heart, which I love. You know, if you've listened to this program any length of time, you know how I feel about shepherding. And uh, he was the senior pastor of Auburndale Baptist Church up in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, the founder and director of Practical Shepherding, which is really a great ministry for pastors. So if you are listening, and it doesn't matter if you're listening through the Internet, it it doesn't matter for you guys who listen over in Europe, uh, over in India, you can go to his website, which is practicalshepherding.com, and there is resources on there, and he lives to help people who shepherd others. That's what his ministry is now. It's shepherding shepherds. God has given him a great heart for that. And um, I just uh, am happy to welcome him to the program, Dr. Croft. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Well, thank you, Doug. Actually, I'm not a doctor, I, though people assume that I am. I thought you were. Yeah, I, I call everybody doctor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's tr- it's your uh, fault. I okay, it's his fault well, because, <laughs> oh, by the way, that other voice you heard is longtime friend Trey Brunson, uh, who is a pastor of discipleship. Dr. Trey Brunson, how do you I like just, to say it? If you want to be encouraged, you should hang out with me. I'll call you doctor. Yeah, that's good. However, Doug, I'd like to consider that SWAT is now giving me an honorary doctor. Well, there we go. We, and we, I think we just go with that. There is what you I go. Think, you know. Honorary doctor. So anyway, Brian, you have been a pastor. Um, you've had a heart for shepherding. You've shepherded a church through a very difficult time and had to walk through some pretty big minefields yourself in ministry, which... If you've been in ministry any amount of time, you know there's minefields. Well, here's the here's the deal for you people listening out there. You're a minister. We're all kingdom of priests. And so whether we are shepherding a church or whether we're shepherding our family, some of the things that uh, Brian offers would be very instructive and helpful for you because you're either uh, a minister shepherding a church or you're shepherding the people God has brought into your path in the workplace, your home. Uh, yeah, so so these are some great principles, and you got some great resources. Well, um, 
how did you get into this? Yeah. By the way, uh, Brian, you you were you're a pastor for 25 years. That's right. That's right. Up in uh, Louisville, a great part of uh, our country. Where is the Kentucky Derby coming up? Or is it? It's, it's tomorrow. It, yes, this weekend. It's tomorrow. Uh, amazing, yeah. right there. I'm in Florida, and the Kentucky Derby's <laughs> happening. You know. Well, there'll be. I'm sure there's parties here. There's always Kentucky. <laughs> I've Derby already heard parties. of some already. So. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the country up there, and uh, we've had Dr. Moeller on couple of times have jeff dalrymple on that hmm. this yeah. guy was up yeah. there uh and so how did you uh, make the transition from pastoring because usually people pastor pastor till they die yeah. yeah but now you're out here doing this uh kind of missionary pastoring yeah tell us about that yeah thanks for having me on doug i, I i've been a pastor for 25 years and uh, i was a Associate pastor for about eight years, and then I went to pastor Auburndale Baptist Church as the senior pastor and was there 17 years. I am a pastor of heart at heart. That's just who I am. Thought I'd be a pastor the rest of my life. But as I was at this church and, and had some really rough times in the early years, so in the first five years there were three different movements to get me fired and threats of violence against me. It was a really hard five years. Uh, the church ran out of money, and we went through some really unique things in those five years that God used, I'm convinced, to shape me for preparing me for this ministry that I'm doing with pastors. Because in those five years I went through all of those things, it's amazing what you learn what as you go through those difficult times. And then the church turned around, and it, the church flourished for the next you know, 10, 12 years that I pastored that church. Practical shepherding started out of those early years of the church and all the difficulties. As we were training some young guys that came to the church for ministry, teaching them how to do practical ministry, realizing that you need to care for your own soul as a pastor. It started like that, and it just slowly grew as I pastored this local church. And what happened a couple of years ago, the ministry of practical shepherding just kept growing so much that I faced having to make a decision on I couldn't do both of these things and felt a leading from the Lord that I'm supposed to give my full-time work to practical shepherding. And so 18 months ago, I transitioned from being a pastor of of the local church after being a pastor for 25 years. Well, some of the things you shared were interesting because I have had an itinerant ministry now for 27 years. Mm. As I travel around the country and I visit with pastors as a sometimes safe person who just pops in that pastors never get to talk to anybody about some of the things they struggle with. I, I listened to you today thinking about some of those conversations Um Talk a little bit about the need for pastors to have those safe people in their life and have people like what you're doing. In fact, I was so encouraged. You're offering pastors a chance or people, you know, to come up to Louisville to get away and have some people just love on them, right? Just yeah. like what I was able to do itinerantly. Share about that a little bit. Yeah. So pastors dedicate their life to caring for other people, to caring for the souls of other people. That that's what the call is, and the irony is. Who pastors the pastors? The pastors do that, but the pastors also need that kind of care. But there's no mechanism in place to care for the pastors. Most pastors are doing it as a solo pastor alone in a church somewhere. Hmm. 50, 75 members, I mean, that's the average-sized church, in, at least in, in North America. And pastors don't have anybody caring for them. So I'll, this is where a lot of the struggle of loneliness and isolation come in. And that's one of the chief struggles for pastors. So this ministry has existed. And what we try to do is, one, just remind a pastor he's not alone. Most pastors go through the things they go through. They are convinced they're the only ones going through it. But when you bring pastors together and they talk and they support each other 
and are able to have a safe environment to be able to talk about the things going on in the ministry. Because as most of us know, that most churches are not safe places for pastors to completely open up and be themselves. Mm -hmm. I wish that was different, but that's the reality. So Mm -hmm. pastors have to have somewhere else to be able to go to as human beings to have those conversations that the rest of us need to have mm-hmm. anyways to be able to have somebody care for our own soul. So that's where we try to to really try to help pastors in that way. Well, uh Trey, you and I have known each other for a pretty long time and yeah. you've been involved in ministry a long time. Your dad yeah. was a pastor of a very large church here in yeah. town yeah. and uh, you helped put together pastor conferences. For sure. In fact, unfortunately, um some of the people that spoke as pastors in those conferences either are no longer in ministry or they've had to step back yeah. because of some um, issues that have popped up, morality issues yeah. or other things. So I'm sure you've witnessed that, some of the stuff that we were talking yeah. about. Um, how important is it for a guy like uh, Brian here, what he's doing for the people out there, the ministers that are out there? Yeah, he. we, we were just at a lunch that Brian was sharing at with a room full of pastors. And he shared while we were there, 70% of pastors say they constantly fight depression. If you're fighting depression, you're potentially going to make some bad decisions, which is why some of those guys are no longer That's seven out of ten. That's that's, that's an amazingly high number. And these are, you said these are pre-COVID survey numbers. That's right. They were. He said 50% of pastors will not be in ministry in five years, and that jumps up to 80%. In 10 years. So you think about all the people in your life who you've known as a pastor. It's probably the, the likelihood is that they are no longer in ministry. Mm. A lot of those people. Uh, I know my dad always shares the story of the guys that he went to seminary with. They all had written names down in their Bible. These were all the guys we went through. And he said, it's hard for me to find a handful of those guys that are still in ministry at this mm. point. Yeah, mm. 80% believe their pastoral ministry hurts their families. Mm. of pastors do not have someone they consider a close friend. 90% of pastors, that's 9 out of 10, say they've not received adequate training for what they're doing in ministry, which I can attest to. I feel like this is, I'm constantly helping guys learn, how do you do a funeral? How do you do a wedding? What do you do when you go to the hospital and visit with somebody? You don't get that in seminary. There is nothing I got from seminary that equipped me for all of the meetings I'm having with people with mental health concerns yeah right um 250 pastors leave the ministry every month that's amazing that really is a a pretty staggering staggering that's a very sad statistic that Mm -hmm. these are men who have felt some kind of call of god on their life yeah who have uh an elijah moment maybe or they just want to quit or maybe more like a uh uh, a Jonah moment yeah. <laughs> where they just want to go, go anywhere get else? away. Well, well, Hey, well, we're going to come back uh, after our break and uh, we got to take a station break here. And um, I, I, I want you to t- speak to this when we come back, this idea you said of, you know, I would rather speak to 50 pastors than a hundred members of the church, mm-hmm. yeah. a thousand, I'm sorry, yeah. a thousand members. And there's, there's a principle there that I think is important for people uh about reaching influencers that that they can apply in their personal lives, whether they're pastors or not, to think about that, the leaders, the impact of impacting those. So, so glad you guys could be here today. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We're going to come right back with more from Brian Croft of Practical Shepherding and uh, Trey Brunson here from the Church of 1122. He is their pastor of discipleship, pastor of 
pastors, and uh, <laughs> so glad he's here. He's just a good friend, and he's not a doctor. We'll be right back with SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Hey, if you just tuned in and you go, SWAT, what is SWAT Radio? Am I listening to some police thing? No, it's Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, SWAT. It's practical and relevant biblical teaching along with interaction, looking at, at, at the world through a, hopefully a biblical worldview. And every week we try to have guests on who are influencing the kingdom, who have resources that we can draw upon. Uh, draw upon. And uh, practical shepherding is a great resource that not just impacts pastors, but it impacts women's leaders as well. And, and I was surprised to hear you say that today because mm. you, your wife helps lead a part of it that ministers to women in shepherding, right? Yeah, that's right. So what, we, what we've learned as we've cared for pastors is that pastors' wives need care just as much as the pastors do mm. and other women in ministry that are serving in different capacities. So uh, we started this part of the ministry, and it's, you know, it's a new work. It's starting to grow. We have you know a few ladies, my wife being one of those, who just helps start it from mentoring to counseling to doing some online resources. But, of course, that ministry we're trying to to grow because the need is so great. But uh, it's been really encouraging to be able to care for pastors and their wives because oftentimes you have to you need to care for them both. It's ideal if you're able to care for them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this, before we went to break, we talked about uh, this quote, I would rather speak to 50 pastors than 1,000 churchmen or 1,000 mm-hmm. members of the church. And, you know, I got an opportunity to travel around uh, and speak for Joe White when he was doing Men at the Cross to pastors and leaders. I I really enjoyed that because these were men who each had 70 to 100 guys underneath them that they were ministering to. Talk a little bit about that aspect of what you do. Just even today you, you experienced that. You had leaders there that you're trying to influence. And why is that so important? 
So I had a mentor that had the same opportunity that you were articulating, that he had the opportunity to go to speak at some conferences with several thousand people that would attend. And I kind of saw that as the height of being able to influence the kingdom in that way. And he's the one that said to me, I'd rather speak to 50 pastors than a thousand just church members. And his point that he was making is, if I can pour into the pastors in a smaller number, then you affect the churches more deeply by caring for the pastors and influencing them than you do just maybe a normal church member. And so he's put that in my head. And, of course, through the years as I've been caring for pastors in this ministry, i found that to be true. So today, being in a room with 40 or 50 pastors is what I love to do more than anything else because each one of those pastors represented their own church Mm -hmm. or a ministry of some kind. And if you can impact those leaders who drive and have the vision of these churches and ministry, you can have a huge impact. So if you're listening out there and and you aren't a pastor, um, but you're a part of a church, you go, so how does this impact me? Well, if you go to a church, you have pastors on staff. You have a senior pastor usually. If it's a small church, he may be uh, uh, the guy who's also discipleship men's. He may be the janitor and everybody else. Mm-hmm. But if if you go to a larger church that has more than one minister on staff, all these principles apply to pastoral staff because if somebody's on a staff, they're shepherding somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and so what you can do is write down – this website, practicalshepherding.com. Write down this name, Brian Croft, C-R-O-F-T, and let them know about it. This is a resource that can be an encouragement because you know what? If I, I can't think of anything better if somebody were to come up to me and say, hey, I know you do a lot in ministry. I heard about this cool website that really ministers to ministers and really just to encourage people, and I wanted to let you know and give it to me. That that would be a, a such because you know what most of the time people hand pastors, hey your message stunk last week or hey yeah. <laughs> you know what your tie is too worldly or hey you know I mean whatever yeah. you you get a lot of criticism or people don't ever speak to their pastors to say anything that's why it's so lonely yeah, that's right but to go up to them and give them a resource and listen it's not up to you whether they use it just say hey yeah. I heard about this I thought it'd be an encouragement to you. That's a great way. Write it down, practicalshepherding.com. And uh, and Brian Croft, Brian, you said you're, uh, at the meeting today that practical shepherding is gospel-driven. Uh, it's a resource for them. And what do you mean by that? I mean, yeah. why, why is that important in what you're doing with these pastors? Yeah, well, I think we want the gospel to be the central piece to what we're about. That's where true change and redemption comes. And so where the pastor goes and finds hope and joy in life in this world, and this forgiveness is through the cross and the resurrection of Christ. So we want to be able to make sure that that is, one, the thing that we're focused on to care for them. But the other is the pastors we really want to support are the people, the pastors preaching the gospel, the pastors who are trying to share the gospel, preach it, disciple people in that, and helping them grow in their relationship with Christ. So we want to, I mean, we're pretty broad in the sense that we, we're not to a single denomination. We have, multiple, you know, it, we have multiple denominations of churches and kinds that we want to minister to. But that gives us kind of a, a parameter, an umbrella, really, on who we want to serve. And that's pastors who are trying to make Christ known and helping people be discipled in that. And so pastors who 
are faithful to that, those are the ones we really want to lift up. One, because how we care for them is rooted in the gospel. And two, it's also the ones we want to uphold their ministries and want them to be able to flourish in it. Well, you know, a lot of people who are listening might go, wow, that 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 seems like so obvious. Why would you why would you feel a need to accentuate your gospel driven when you're talking to pastors? Well, I was on a mission trip to Kazakhstan years ago and I was doing evangelistic outreaches and this pastor was there. He'd brought people over there and I shared a room with this pastor. And after the fourth night of the crusade, he came to me, he said, can, can we pray? And I said, sure. And he said, can I tell you something? I said, sure. He goes, I got saved tonight. I go, what? Hmm. He goes, my whole, he's been a minister for 20 years. He's been a pastor for 20 years. And he said, but my whole life, I never understood grace. I never understood the gospel really till tonight. It made sense for the first time in my life. And he's weeping as he's Mm -hmm. telling this. It was so sad for me. This is a guy who preached every Sunday in a small church. And I'm sure you've seen situations like that. Trey, you grew up Mm -hmm. with a dad who was a pastor. Yeah. And you had you had lots of relationships with pastors. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, you know when Brian talked about the holistic care of yeah. what he's doing with there the soul, the ministry, family. and the family with yeah. Jesus at the center. Yeah. How important is that now that you've moved from a son of a pastor sure. to being a pastor? Sure. Well, you think in life in general. I don't know that this is necessarily unique to pastors, but. When we get busy, the first thing that most of us cut is anything that's personal. I'll cut my uh, health. I'll cut my sleep time. I'll eat fast food. Why are there so many fast food restaurants? (laughs) Because we eat, right? And we we have cut out meal time, which then it bleeds into cutting your family out. And what happens in ministry is you have a heart for people, right? Mm -hmm. Brian and I, you, Doug, we we do what we do because we love not just the Lord, Mm -hmm. not just the Word of God, but we love people. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a room with people. As soon as I got there, I'm walking through that room because I just love people. I want to hug friends I haven't seen in a while. I want to hear how they're doing, how their kids are doing. You love people. And what ends up happening in ministry is your heart for people, you get called to a hospital in the middle of the night. Uh, I know I know for myself, we were talking earlier about like schedules, how uh, beyond like things at the church, I will step up and do a wedding. Someone will ask me to come on their radio show. I will do that because I love my friends. Right. And I want to share the gospel. And and then by the way, he loves doing SWAT radio. He's I, told sure me that. I can tell. Yeah, that's right. I'd do anything in the world for you, Doug. But you will put your family as number two very easily, not intentionally. But but just because there are people who have needs and you will miss the needs in your home. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, long ago, you, you missed the needs to take care of your physical body, mm-hmm. to take care of your heart, to make sure that you're not the Dead Sea, that things might be coming in, but nothing's going out. Like you just have cut off any personal spiritual development. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of guys burn out that, that mm-hmm. seven or seven out of 10, and then it moves to eight out of 10. Like that's why eight out of 10 in 10 years are dropping out of ministry is I'm dry. I can't keep doing this. And you've probably lost your kids, lost your family. Uh, I can say this because Brian was my neighbor. We used to take walks at night when I lived <laughs> in Louisville. We did. When he had his knee surgery, we'd walk. I'd get him out. We'd talk about our families. He got a puppy during COVID. <laughs> that, he, that he named COVID. We named him COVID. Oh, right. my goodness. So we would talk about our wives, how were we caring for our wives. He would ask me about my kids. What was I doing with my kids? But see, that right there is what you alluded to earlier. Yeah. 
so few pastors have a friend and e- and even mm-hmm. staff guys a lot yeah. of times because the staff people are doing i mean if you're a mini- if you're in ministry it's like you and I were talking afterwards Brian you almost get the knights of the round table syndrome like you if if you don't do it the world's going to die yeah yeah the world's going to end right mm-hmm. yeah and 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 so you see you saw that a lot in law enforcement and even in the military you yeah. just get this night i call it knights of the round table syndrome where mm. you 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 got to do it and and i i'm very guilty of it and it's something that we constantly have to come back to um well i hey if you're out there and listening i want to give you a phone number 502-690-6394 that's brian's personal cell phone no it's not <laughs> you <laughs> no, made me nervous no 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 no, no 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 that the 502-690 6394. I do want to say that Brian, I was at this pastoral meeting. He did give his cell phone number out to the guys. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for that because he cares about them. He says, call me. The reason I'm giving you this number is this is their office of practical shepherding. 502-690-6394. You can go to practicalshepherding.com and click on about and go to contact and get it too. And why am I giving you that? If you know a pastor in crisis, if you know somebody whose world has fallen apart, who is in ministry, and listen, we just heard today there were three pastors just in the last month who have been fired. Here in Jacksonville. Not for sexual immorality, not for uh, anything violating biblical morals, but because they got fired. And these are men who feel called to ministry, and that's a crisis. And if I promise you, if you call... Uh, practical shepherding they will connect and help these people uh, maybe the maybe it's an intervention maybe it's a pastor that you know something about a person on staff that they're too afraid for anybody to know brian is a safe place for them to go to to get help and so again it's practicalshepherding.com. we're going to come back and talk about some resources you can get online as well as more things going on with practicalshepherding.com. you're here with brian croft Trey Brunson and Doug McCary on SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And uh, I'm so glad to have uh, Brian Croft and Trey Brunson. Uh, Trey's here in Jacksonville at Church of 1122. He is, man, I love this guy. Hey, you know, Trey, you are the ultimate connector. We were just talking on the break about how you just try to be faithful connecting 
where there's a need and there's a resource. And you've been very good at that. And I appreciate that. And even connecting me and Brian, just having Brian yeah. here today, uh, that means there's probably somebody out there listening that needs a resource that Brian has been uh, blessed by God to provide. And their ministry, they've got some great resources for pastors. And again, you don't have to be pastoring a church to be shepherding mm. or to benefit from these. Now, these are geared towards shepherds, and especially if you're a shepherd of a uh, small church. Uh, maybe we were talking at the break, uh, or not the break, but at the meeting today, about how seminaries don't really train people for a lot of the practical aspects of ministry, do they, Brian? No, that's the big thing is a lot of times people will go to seminaries assuming they're going to get fully trained for everything. Right. And and, and that, there's reasons that people think that, but they'll get there and they'll they'll do a, a, a massive theological degree, which, by the way, you need theological education and training. You got to know your Bible. You need to, I think you need to know languages, yeah. but it doesn't train. Most seminaries do not train about the practical side of ministry, like just caring for people on a regular basis. So somehow you've got to get that training. If it doesn't happen through mentoring, usually in a local church, a lot of times guys are learning on the job for the first time and, and it can be pretty hard to do that. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that you just came out with last year, uh, is a book called Practically Trained Pastors, which is a 52-week study, which is an awesome resource that mm-hmm. Trey yeah. is actually walking someone through right now. And he was yeah. talking. He was so excited as he was showing it to me. He was a good little advertisement. For he it. usually is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. So, listen, you can go to practicalshepherding.com, and um, today only there's a 0% discount if you call in today and go to their website. <laughs> In order, no, I mean, literally, you can go there and order it today. I'm joking. Yeah. But he has other books that he's written, too. I think you've written, what, 30 books? Yeah, 25, 30, somewhere in that range. Uh, I, You know, I'm going to write a book <laughs> about being disciplined, but I'm not disciplined enough to write the book yet. So That'll I'm be still tremendous growing. when you finish yeah, it. Yeah, it really yeah, will. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it. But he's got some, um, got some good resources on his website. And it's not just his books, either. He's got other books, Mia Culpa. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah, that's a great book. I'm glad you highlighted that. There's a pastor named Kyle McClellan who lives in Nebraska. He planted a church there. And it's his story on how he uh, basically got run out of of three churches in 10 years after finishing seminary. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, left the ministry, kind of trying to figure out what God wants to do with his life. A large part would have, in those early years, would have blamed the churches that had run him out and fired him in different ways. And he came to realize through just the Lord intervening and getting some mentoring and care from other pastors that a lot of the problems of those first 10 years were his fault, not Mm. the church's. And he went and planted a church in his hometown after that, and and he's been there 10 years, and the church is flourishing. He's been a friend for 20 years, and when he shared that story with me on how just the Lord broke him, to see, you know, this was a lot of this was my fault, not the church's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me that story, and I said, you need to write that book. If you'll write it, I'll find the publisher. And so he wrote it, and he called it Mia Culpa. And, and it has, it's, been a, it's, a, it's a wonderful story of how God can take somebody who you know, really went in unpre- unprepared or just not prepared for the pressures of ministry in a hard church, and the Lord grew him, and he spiritually matured, 
and he's flourishing in the ministry now. It's a really great story. Well, there's another one on here that you wrote with Austin Walker that I love called Caring for Widows. Yeah. Um, you know, in our culture, I, I don't know that we've really embraced the concept that is throughout Scripture of caring for widows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of different widows in our world. There's younger widows yeah. that are widows because they've been divorced. Uh, their husbands left them, whatever. But they're alone. Mm-hmm. That those women practically are widows out there raising families that a lot of times aren't they they don't it, it fit in to the church a lot of times the church doesn't fit so there's practical things that we can do with them but there's also the widows who are who husbands have died they're older they have no means of income mm-hmm. or or they're dependent on social security or they're they're just lonely yeah and and they're they can need to be ministered to yeah. talk a little bit about that because you wrote it right yes and austin walker most of you will never heard of austin walker he is and he's in his 80s now i believe he planted a church in a place called crawley england which is just south of london in the uk he planted a church 45 years ago and pastored that church for 45 years a really faithful man he had written one of the only books i had ever seen on widows mm. and i connected with him he became a bit of a mentor to me in the last several years and i went to him and i said hey i want to write a book on widows i don't know anybody better to write it than with you and he agreed to it and we wrote that book together and uh, that was a great experience because what there's widow care is almost a lost art that's what i'm saying but you read all throughout the old and new testament you see god has a a unique love for you know orphan poor and widow Mm -hmm. you see in the old testament one of the few places in paul's letters in the new testament paul specifically says Here's who a widow is. Make sure you care for them when he writes to Timothy. So it's a big deal in the New Testament, but for some reason, widows get really isolated and lost in the busyness of church life. Yeah, yeah. especially in our disconnected ch- culture. you got to remember, in their culture, they were very communal. They, right. they knew the community, and they would know the widows. And even in that community, Paul is instructing them what to do with them. And I yeah. wonder how many churches have widow lists today. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that, yeah. that that would be probably a neat thing for yeah. churches. One more book I want to bring out because I want to ask you about it on your website, Biblical Church Revitalization. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. What is that? Because I know that you, you, you and uh, Bob, or was it Bob? Who yeah, was Bob Garner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, used that phrase. You, you used a phrase that you used to train people. Uh, And I was going to ask you about that in a minute, but talk about the revitalization of churches today. Yeah, so in the SBC, which is where I pastored a church in the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, there are a thousand churches that close every year in the SBC. And so so the convention about eight or nine years ago became very burdened by the fact that all these churches were closing. And so they they really started this movement. They called it a church revitalization movement. Now, as I mentioned a little bit about my story— I was in a ch- church that needed revitalization. We weren't calling it that. I just went to pastor a, a dying church, and that's what. We, but we ended up seeing revitalization, a, the church getting new life and moving forward, and even flourishing after that. That part of my story not only is deeply rooted in how practical shepherding started and grew, but I started getting asked by other dying churches who would hear our story. They would contact me and say, "Hey, would you come meet with our leaders and figure if you could help us figure out how to do this? Uh, the same thing that happened in your church." And I started doing some of this kind of, kind of consulting work, for lack of a better way to put it. 
And it eventually led to my role at, at Southern Seminary as leading the Church Revitalization Center. So that's where that terminology comes from. It's talking about a church that's been in decline usually for years, probably decades. They're about to close their doors. Is there a way to give them new life? So that book was me writing about our story at what happened at our church, but also the principles that I learned on how to revitalize a church and how to train others to do that, which is it's God's Word and the Spirit of God at work. It's God's Word that breathes life into a congregation. Is the, And then you, you shepherd and love people. You try to walk the neighborhoods and reach the community. Some of those basic ideas, it's not a quick fix, but it's the way that I advocate for how this truly is how churches are truly brought life back into them and, and they last. Is that what led to the replant cohort kind of, or was it, is that different than that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's, it's all tied to that. So the North American mission board, which is the, the wing of the SBC that cares for North America missions. Others, yeah. uh, they started something called a, a replant, uh, uh, quote section or it's revitalization talking about church revitalization but they call it replanting and so they are the ones that came to us and said hey will you help us start an online cohort try to care for pastors who are who need revitaliz training in church revitalization because what i learned in these churches there's a there's a tremendous amount of hostility a lot of times in these churches a young pastor goes in they try to change a bunch of stuff or there's a distrust to the pastor because all these pastors through the years have come through and left yeah. And the church just doesn't trust them. And that's a lot of times what causes these churches to die. So we train guys on how to go into a church like that. And it's a unique situation usually. Yeah. And in this particular training, you, are you taking the, aren't you taking them through courses on practical ministry yeah. itself? Yeah. So the best way to see it is that we, we do a 40-week cohort, which is an online cohort. But you can go to our website and look up the, the replant cohort and see the details on that. The field guide you mentioned, the 52-week, is almost the written version. Of okay. that. So we have two ways to be able to give that training. So they can go online to practicalshepherding.com, and you can either order the books if you're a book guy yep. and go through it, uh, yep. That especially that practical training uh, book for pastors uh, called Practically Trained Pastors. And you can also uh, do it online, right, the online course. you got one coming up in January? Well, yes, yeah, so it launches at one-year time, and so it launches in January. So those interested, you can watch the website. Usually in the fall, we launch registration. It's free, Doug. We've, we've made it free. The North American Mission Board partners with us so we can make it free for, for all pastors. And then we just take them through 10 of our core books in the ministry over that year. All right. And you do a podcast with a guy named Jim Savastio. Savastio. How about that? That's yeah, close, good job. Pretty yeah. close. All right. Uh, and you've been doing that now for seven years. Yeah. How you like podcasting? I like it. I mean, it's I enjoy this kind of just environment and, and speaking freely. Jim is the pastor of a church, and he planted a church over 30 years ago. He's still pastoring that church. Really faithful man. He's the president of Practical Shepherding. And he's a fun, you know, insightful, witty guy. And so we have a good time. We put on social media, wait, we're gonna we're gonna record some podcast episodes. And pastors will write in the things we he, they want us to talk about. So then we meet, and our podcast now is basically taking those topics they're asking us to address, and then we record the podcast talking about those things. That's awesome. Well, uh, I, that again is called the Trench Trench Talk Podcast. Trench Talk Podcast. And we're on iTunes and Spotify and those things. But if you search Practical Shepherding, I'm sure it'll come up in those venues. Okay. Well, hey, we are going to our last sponsor break. 
Man, time's flying, Trey. You didn't even get in that time. I'm just enjoying listening. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you're listening to uh, Brian Croft from the pra- uh, Practical Shepherding Ministry, practicalshepherding.com. It's not practicalceo.com. It's practicalshepherding.com. We're going to talk about that when we come All back right. for the last break. And uh, we'll be back right after this break with more from SWAT Radio. Thanks for listening. We'll be- this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's uh, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and Hey, if you're just tuning into SWAT, it's kind of the end of the program time. We've been on since three. We're on every day from three to four, Monday through Friday, Central or Eastern time. And so, for you people listening out west, I think it's like twelve to one for you uh, in California and out there where James is. It's like a one to two over in England. I don't even know, but I know we got brothers that listen over in England and uh, in India, and we're so grateful you do. You can go to the website. That's the beautiful thing about the World Wide Web. You can just go there. It's worldwide. Yeah, it's worldwide. So go to practicalshepherding.com, and uh, you can get the online resources. You can order. I Have you trans? I know you translated in Spanish. Do you know what other languages you're in right now? Yeah, we have stuff in I think, 10, 12 different languages, so Spanish, French, Portuguese, uh, Russian, uh, Italian, uh, Nepalese, we're, and we're, you got Nepali. That's good. Yeah, we're starting we're, to. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's good. We uh, we have a, a partnership with a training ministry over northern India that trains Bhutanese, Nepali, and northern India. Yeah. So uh, so if you're listening, go to practicalshepherding.com dot com and you can uh, order those resources or let us know. We'll be happy to try to get them to you uh, on SWAT Radio. Well, this is our last segment. And uh, just a couple of quick questions. We talked a bit about shepherding. I, I don't like the whole CEO model that we've gone to in a lot of places. And unfortunately, I know as you get larger, sometimes it requires more oversight. But that doesn't mean the heart of the pastor can't be a shepherd's heart. I was told one time about uh, Charles Spurgeon that at the height, he had 6,000 people in his church. He could tell you the name of every person and their children. 
mm-hmm. because he's had a heart of a shepherd for his yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And he realized that it wasn't him doing it. He had people praying underneath every time he preached. And yet here was a guy, if you've read, I know you've read him because you, you can't be in ministry, not know Charles yeah, Spurgeon. Yeah, love Spurgeon. But how many times did he want to resign? How many times did he walk away? And I wonder, had there been a practical shepherding ministry for him back then, it might have been an encouragement because Mm -hmm. what he experienced is very typical for most pastors. And so talk a little bit about the shepherding model versus the CEO model for a second. Yeah, Doug, and I've experienced the same thing you were talking about in that I have no. There is a. There certainly is a pushback to the shepherding model. It becomes harder to do as a church gets larger, and you just have to acknowledge that. But you can still do it, and there's ways to think through doing that. If a pastor of a larger church of like a thousand or a few thousand people, there's a way to be able to do that. But it it requires you to be incredibly intentional to do that. But the reason I, I mean, number one, shepherding is the way that it's described in the New Testament for a call to a pastor. So you've got the Apostle Peter, 1 Peter 5, verse 2, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, that group of people. So shepherding is the way that the New Testament defines what the work of a pastor is. The other thing I would say is that pastors, churches of about 80, 85% of the churches in North America are 200 or less. So I would say that most pastors have to care for the people their souls know them like you were talking about and be involved in their lives. That's what shepherding is. It's not just being a figurehead that preaches and runs an organization. It's we're to care for people's souls is what the New Testament tells us we're to do. Shepherding, in my opinion, is the best way to describe what that work really is. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we happen to have a guy who is at a, a pretty large church right here. Yeah. And you guys kind of model shepherding the shepherds right all the way down yeah. that's how you deal with it there isn't it? yeah and we all do i mean it it is a larger church i mean i, I was blown away i think we had over twenty seven thousand people at easter at all of our services this year which that's is a just, city man that, yeah it's, it's, wow. almost three percent of our city was at an eleven twenty two service this year at easter and that's crazy. praise god right those are people who sat under and heard the gospel proclaimed yeah but we have not only staff but serve staff men and women who give time every week who are following up with those people, asking them, what's the next significant step in your walk with the Lord he's called you to take, and how can I help you take it? We have hundreds. One of the things I love that I get to work with at the church is our care team. Mm -hmm. I think it's over 400, almost 450 men and women at our church who have said, what God has done in my life, I would like to help share and walk other people through. And we disciple them. We train them. It's a uh, nine-week training that they go through. Uh, Pastor Walker Day and Jessica Talaki, she's our care team director. They oversee hundreds of people. We're helping train them. But this is all I do all day, every day. I mean, that's, this is how you and I met. Yeah. You, you and I met at a building not far from here where you talked to me about one-on-one discipleship. My calendar is full of one-on-ones with either uh, deacons, covenant members, or staff members. I had lunch yesterday with a young pastor, one of our student pastors, helping him figure out how do I grow in ministry? Who are the people who can pour in and help me develop? So I'm constantly pouring into those guys, trying to help them grow so that they can help others grow. And you're still meeting with Paul's in your life. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, the thing that uh, I think is so necessary, whether you're a pastor or just a person out, out there in the church pew, is to have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a, and Timothy. a Timothy. We yeah. all need them. We need and them all. Sure. But the best thing the Church of 1122 did 
ever did, in my opinion, is bring in Trey Brunson oh, I don't to know be their pastor of the Do I get a vote there too? Yeah, I, you know? I, I, well, you know him because you walked a dog with him or whatever. So, uh, but I, I think, Trey, that was the smartest move they made because oh, yeah, you have a heart for discipleship. You have the men that influenced me also influenced you. Yeah. And we know, I mean, I think Tommy Nelson has probably one of the best models of discipleship oh, and shepherding I've ever seen. Yeah. And and so um I, I just I'm I'm thankful that you're there. Uh thinking back to your um ministry, uh Brian, before we I know we, we're kinda winding up here, uh there was another aspect that you shared today that again I wanna let people know about that you provide a service. Somebody made a donation or partnered with you up there to provide a resource for pastors that need just to get away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how can they take advantage of that? If somebody's listening out there, whether they're in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, out West in California, wherever they're a pastor, they're burnout. They just know they need to get away, but they can't make time to get away or they don't know how to get away. They don't even know where to go, but they need to get away. But they, they're a little concerned about, about, what what purpose would it even do me to get away? What say something to that pastor that would help him see he's got a resource up there in Louisville he can take advantage of no cost to him. Yeah, we have a ministry called the Shepherd's House that's part of our ministry. We just launched it in January. We're real excited about it. We have a six bedroom log cabin on 180 acres of a beautiful property in Kentucky that a family owns that they partnered with us and are allowing us to use it to bring pastors in. And they get to stay for free. So imagine coming to Kentucky, get yourself there, but it will be completely free. We take care of all the costs. You can stay up to three days, three nights in this cabin. And we provide a pastoral mentor to meet with you during your stay. So we're not just providing a place to come and rest and recoup and and reset, but you also get to have somebody to talk to since a lot of pastors don't have somebody to talk to. And all of our mentors are actual local church pastors who we train to be able to talk with them. So you're going to get to talk to a, an actual pastor. That's free. Just go to the website, go to the shepherd's house and fill the form out and, and you apply to stay. And then we will, we will let, get back to you. My staff will get back to you, let you know uh, if we can house you during the time you want to come and it'll be all free. Now, when they come, did they come alone or do they bring their wife or family? I mean, like how do y'all normally yep. work that? A uh, pastor can come uh, by himself or he can bring his wife with him and they both can come stay. Uh, no, no kids. And part of that is part of that's liability and space issues. Yeah. The other part of it, honestly, is we make pastors leave their kids at home because if they're chasing their kids around on the property, that's yeah. not resting. It's yeah. family time, and that's yeah. good. You but preach, that's preaching to the choir, man. So we are we are actually intentionally not letting kids come to push pastor and his wife to come and not bring their kids and have that time alone, which we have found to be really fruitful. Well, and and you know, I did I didn't go into this. I think I mentioned uh, it may have briefly. But talk a little bit about the three aspects of of ministry, and this applies to people personally as well as to pastors. Certainly, uh, the soul, you know, the family, and the ministry, mm. and why it's so important for a pastor to take a little time away mm. to work on that component. Yeah, so we have this holistic approach of soul ministry, family, caring for your own soul, teaching them how to do real shepherding ministry with real people. And then caring for their own family. If you think about it in a pastor's life, if one of those three areas is not healthy or is not thriving or is not just is crumbling, 
that it will affect their life and even be able to affect their whole ministry and be able to stay in the ministry. So when we look at that 80% out in 10 years, a lot of times it's because one of those three areas is unhealthy or is imploding. So holistic care to try to address all three of those areas is what we're trying to do as a ministry. Yeah, and it was very helpful. I'll just tell you, just talking to Brian after he spoke today, um, and Trey, I'm sure you can identify with this being, uh, you know, having a dad who was a pastor at yeah. a large church here. You know, when you're a pastor or a ministry leader that has a, a ministry known within a city, the, the wife and the family is not known as the individuals they are. They're known as connected to Proxy. that person, mm-hmm. the wife of so. So when I'm sure your dad, yeah. Trey, when he was at church, he was always everybody was talking to him. So it yeah. was he never got to just be a dad at church. Yeah. You know, and that's a problem that's common with me, too. Just as a minister, I'm always looking for men to minister to and men to disciple. And so my poor wife and kids are tag-alongs a lot of times that go, man, we just want Doug to be a dad. And and so there's some things that you can hear when you get away that you can't hear in the midst of ministry. And that's what you were saying that was so impactful. Um, And so I, I just encourage you, if you're a pastor or you know a pastor that could benefit, practicalshepherding.com. And uh, there's books, there's online resources, there's this great place they can get away to for a long weekend. And um, I just am so grateful, Trey, that uh, you... Uh, made this happen with Brian, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you connecting. Love to share my friends. Yeah. Hey, well, man, our time is at an end. That music means we're done. That's hard to believe. It just yeah. flew, didn't it? Sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for having Any me. Any parting words there, Brian? No. There's always there's a, there's always another ministry. You only get one wife. That's that's a good parting word for the pastors who would be listening. So that is a really good word, Trey. Anything? Yeah. I'm just thankful to be here with you too. All right. Well, hey, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. You can share this or. You can go catch this on the podcast on SWATradio.com, www.swatradio.com. Any questions or comments, Facebook at SWAT Radio Talk, Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. We'll be back next week on SWAT Radio. Have a great weekend. And remember, it's Mother's Day Monday. Get your mom something. Tell her you love her. Tell her you're grateful. Mom, I know you listen. I love you, and I'm so grateful for all you do. God bless you guys. Have a good weekend. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual